We've all heard the phrase, that kind of thing doesn't happen in our town. But here on Midwest Murder, we will shatter that false reality. In fact, it happens more often than we know, and sometimes the details of the most horrific crimes that happen in our neighborhoods are lost in the back pages of newspapers, forgotten on our news channels, and eventually erased over time. We're here to talk about murder, diving into some of the most controversial cases in Midwest history. This show will not shy away from the morbid details of these horrific events and the often ugly truths behind them. What you will hear is a detailed timeline of events, perspectives from those closely involved, and analysis by experts. What you will feel is the darkness that surrounds each story, the innocence lost by the victims, and hopefully, the justice that was ultimately delivered. Don Palumbo, that last line gets me every Every time. time. Every time. Jonah Lanto. Don Palumbo. Yeah. Ooh, it's exciting to be here. Yeah, you, you threw me off because normally you're like Don Palumbo and then you kept talking. I was like, wait, I think I, I feel like I have a line there, but I, I did. I, I did. And I'm, Look, containing, I, I saved it. <laughs> containing Not my really. excitement to be on stage with you is really challenging, Don. I know. And okay. it's, it's been a few weeks. Yeah. It's been a few weeks. It's been a while. Somebody yeah. asked me, well, Jonah, where should I sit? What's the best, what's the best seat in the house? And I said, I don't know what to tell you. I got the best seat <laughs> in the house. It's up there next to Don on stage. Oh, yeah. So I don't know why he's sucking up to me. I'm going to publicly apologize. She doesn't deserve it. I don't. I'm I just enjoy doing it. I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to publicly apologize to Jonah for being an a-hole the last two weeks. I, I was, I've, been, I, I've been very short with him. And Jonah, my dear friend, I'm sorry. Oh, accepted. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. So now he can, now, he can uh, now we're on even ground and he can bump my tires a little more then. I'm still okay. simmering, but I'll still <laughs> pump your tires while I simmer. While you simmer. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for being with us this afternoon, kind of evening. Uh, a big thanks again to Minot Women Connect, who we partnered with, and we couldn't be more excited to, to be with them. And a personal shout out again to them because, of course, that group, again, is so near and dear to my heart. So I'm done I'm done saying again and all that stuff. But Yeah, you're uh, done. And I just would take this moment in, in respect to all of that. Shout out to all the women who have helped me get here. You guys are awesome. Yeah, that's cool. You're welcome. And That would uh, be you, too. <laughs> but like... Very much like my mom yeah, and sisters right. and yeah. grandma, and wife and, you know, but also like Don that. Palumbo. Yeah. yeah. So, and of course, we are so excited to be here with you guys. This is this is one of my favorite parts. I've come to absolutely love being on the mic in front of a live audience like you guys. This is so cool, and I, I it's a it's a pinch me moment every single time. So thank you for being here with us. It's very cool. So thanks. Why am I, I, why am I so just, I'm so sweet today. I don't like, normally I'm just like, yeah, thanks. Great. And then now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm almost crying. Sweet and sassy. I know that's, that's true. All right. Okay. Well, let's get, uh, let's get rolling. So thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed our podcast. Of course we live and die by an algorithm and, uh, and it does some fav- some fabulous things. The comments, feedback, support that we receive from you guys and our listeners, is it's it's amazing so we truly appreciate it jonah what are people saying about our uh our little midwest murder well that's a very good question don <laughs> and i would like to tell people what people are saying about midwest murder because we like to hear it and it really inspires us and it motivates us and uh, again very much appreciated so five stars from tj elite midwest murder addict This podcast is a great listen. The host, Jonah and Dawn, are pleasant to listen to and keep to the story, but throw in a little banter to keep it interesting. The best part is the episodes are 45 minutes or more, so you get a deep dive into each story. Oh, that's cool. 
Very cool. Much, yes. very, very much appreciated. This one, five stars from Caitlin Granger. 100 times better than expected. Whoa. Wow. No pressure. Wow. Oh, they, and it's a, how, how low is your bar? Okay. I, well, <laughs> you're about to find out how low the bar was. Caitlin said, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit that when I heard there was a true crime podcast coming from Minot, I was completely disinterested. I figured that a podcast being produced in my incredibly small-minded community would be mediocre and subpar at best. Wow, was I wrong. I'm, I'm glad you're wrong. I hope other things are blowing you away too. <laughs> Midwest Murder has been an absolute delight to listen to, and I'm incredibly proud to be able to say that such a rad podcast is coming from our little town. I started listening on a whim and ended up binging the entire series to date in less than two months. The storytelling is so good that I don't even mind listening to stories that I've already heard about from other pods. Not to mention the fact that there are way more murder stories in North Dakota than I ever realized. You've got yourselves a listener for life here. Keep up the good work. Oh, well, thank you. And and maybe send me a private message. Um, I, I feel like... I feel like you're missing some of the cool things in Minot, and I appreciate that your bar was so low and that we blew it out of the water. But let's let's Bam. yeah crush well, that bar. You. Thank it's you, good. thank you, thank you. You can also a way to support. We get a, a common question that we get is is how do you guys pay for things and how can we help? And that is by uh, you can you buy us a hot dish at buymeacoffee.com slash Midwest Murder, and you can you can support the show in the same way. And uh, and again, it, it helps us pay for uh, you know case files because those things aren't free. Those things aren't cheap. And, uh, you know, it, it pays for, you know, it pays for a hotel room for Jonah when he goes to get case files and gets, gets stuck stranded. in, uh, gets stuck in Valley city. We don't have to know? worry about that in the summertime, fortunately. No, no, no. but so uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Cool. It's super supportive. And it's like, it's, it's kind of like, a, like tipping really what yeah. it comes down yeah. to tipping, supporting. Yeah. So, um, Look at the crowd out there. Do you see some of our merch? I saw some merch coming oh in, gosh. coming in through the doors. It's really, really cool it's so to cool. see that happening. It's so, so, I'm still so, waiting so cool. on mine. So it's, yeah, I'm yeah, glad I, you guys got yours. Actually, yeah. I was waiting. Yeah, what I was, the reason work? I don't have like, any wait. yet is because I was waiting for you guys to buy some so you could tell me if it was good or not. And now I've gotten some feedback. It sounds like the T Public merch is pretty decent. So I can be like, all right, now I will put my hard earned money into it too. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Look, yeah, you guys go ahead honesty, and buy it. Honesty we is really, great. We don't really. I didn't know what they were going to, like, I didn't, we, it's not like they sent us samples. So I, but oh I, my had, gosh. I had a few friends that did tea public and it went, <laughs> they said, look, it's great. Occasionally they get, they send a, a wrong size and they fix it pretty quickly, but no, it's good. Everybody said the quality is good. So I'm, I'm still stuck on that. So you expected everybody else to buy it and be like, well, no, it wasn't not shit. everybody we'll, else. We'll just it, a few people. Like, thanks for, thanks for spending some of your money on it. Well, uh, yes. I guess we'll get ours now too. Now I'll get but, mine. Okay. Well, I lost my previous hoodie. It went MIA somewhere. So some lucky bastard has my hoodie. Okay. <laughs> you have like Jonah sweating it. No, I'm yeah. <laughs> that's probably why they wanted it, Don. I bet. I that's absolutely. So do you know what my? It's uh, it's T Public slash store oh. slash Midwest Murder. It was sincerely yes. do appreciate it. It's cool to see out there. You, and, uh, it's, you it's awesome. Betcha. Do you know what my favorite design is so far? I bet you can guess. Legs and hospitals. Yes, that's my favorite one. That's my favorite one. I can't wait. I'm so excited to order it. For those it's, that haven't seen it, it's the only thing after midnight, or, or the only thing open after midnight are legs and hospitals, right? And I and I feel like it's a little outdated because it should be 2 a.m. because now bars close at 2 a.m. You know, but 
All right, the year was 1998, and we have been here before, so please forgive me if I've duplicated some of my favorites. Um, but it was a good year, and uh, it was, you know, it was my youth. So all those years, I'm like, oh man, everybody remember that, and nobody, nobody does. But I mean, yeah. Anyway, so the year we were introduced to Google, and it made us a little more dumb because now we Google absolutely everything, right? It's, uh, but how else would you find out, you know, what year Colonel Sanders died? Right. I, I mean, it's it, it like important it's, stuff. It's, it's, it's so it's amazing. It's I like that it was. The year we were introduced to Google, but we were all using Yahoo. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. Let's be real here. Yeah. Yeah. Or or like AOL or something. (laughs) MSN. Instant messenger. Yeah. All right. Well, and looking back, it feels like the year was a bit unhinged. And I feel like I say that nearly every time, but it's true. I guess when you're, when you're looking at all of that stuff and you, you know, kind of put it all together, it's like, Oh, what a year. But so Monica Lewinsky, I'm sure we all recognize that name, became a well-known former White House intern when President Bill Clinton said, quote, he did not have sexual relations with that woman with his thumb like this, just as, yeah. And that lie would lead to his impeachment at that time, the second U.S. president to uh, to be impeached. So you can cue, cue the uh, the old dumb jokes about blue dresses and cigars and and all that. But there is there's some interesting documentaries and stuff on on that. I, I urge you to watch. Quebec tried to become their own country, Quebec meaning Canada. So, but Canada's Supreme Court said they couldn't do it. So, without approval from the federal government, but and I think you know, 25, 25 years it's later, like a real we, effort. They they failed because it's still a part of Canada. So, Titanic the film was released and became the first film to a billion dollars, and it would also go on to win an Oscar for best picture. Seinfeld aired its last episode after nine seasons. Watched it many times since. I'm so, so Love thankful Seinfeld. for Netflix. I, not a day goes by that I don't throw out a Seinfeld reference. And it's it, like bonus points if you catch it because it's it makes me so happy. Sex and the City debuted and the miseducation of Lauren Hill was released. It was one of like the you guys. I hope there are heads nodding. Yeah. From. Yeah. That was such a good CD. And then long before the free Britney movement, Britney Spears debut single Baby One More Time was released. So now my kids are like, Mom, you were alive at that time. Oh, my gosh. Like, I know Sex and the City so was great, but. I, I got to say not, it did not offset the loss of Seinfeld for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. And frankly, at 14 years old, I probably shouldn't have been watching sex and the city. And so how many of Titanic's billion dollars were earned from your 17 trips to the Titanic in theaters? I don't know why you think that I go, I've gone like once I went once. once? Yeah. Yeah. And then my brother uh, bought me the CD, the soundtrack. I'm not sure what gave him that idea that that would be a good one, but, but I also own the soundtrack. So one movie ticket and that. Yeah. Yeah. She makes me listen to it on every road trip. It's awful. (laughs) You guys don't understand what I I deal with at Titanic. My heart will not go on. If she's uh, like, you know, my brother gave me this every time. Oh, I'm glad you think you're funny. I'm glad they're laughing at you. That's great. (laughs) The, the winter Olympics were held in Nagano, Japan. The Denver Broncos beat the green Bay Packers in super bowl three, two. Peyton Manning was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. And to really put that into perspective, he's already been inducted into the Hall of Fame, which means like you have to be retired for five years to be in the the NFL Hall of Fame. So he's been retired for nearly six years. So that's I know that when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I really am old. That's that is uh, that's how that's going. Let's go ahead and age everybody here real quick, real easy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The Chicago Bulls defeated the Utah Jazz, winning their third consecutive title which, I mean, you know, the years of Michael Jordan, right? It would also be the year that the NBA began a player lockout, which would last 204 days. Mark McGuire broke Roger Maris's record for home runs, hit in a single season. I'm guessing the Roids helped him. And also for World Series news, the dumb Yankees beat the San Diego Padres. Raise your hand if you hate the Yankees. 
Ah, yeah, so I like this. I like about this. a 15, this 20% participation rate. Makes yeah. me happy. It's good. The best team money can buy. I know that joke's like 20 years old, but still, it's true. And in some of the saddest news to come out of 1998, Matthew Shepard was found tied to a fence after being beaten, tortured, and left for dead simply because he was gay. So that's, uh, there, there's an amazing organization that, that really helps gay youth. And I think, um, definitely, definitely look them up. So there were also that year, lots of well-known entertainers who passed away. Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes himself, Tammy Wynette, D-I-V-O-R-C-E, and Phil Hartman, who was murdered by his wife. I remember that people, mm. that, that episode of people, she was not well. It was a murder suicide. So sad stuff. Leaving me with chills at the end of this, Don. Is it the air conditioning or is it, or is it? It's ominous. Life? No. It's an ominous ending to our, our 1998 there. Anyway, like I said, it was a, it was a, it was a ride. So in today's episode, we are going to go to Awatana, Minnesota, which is about an hour from Minneapolis. And in non-Midwest terms, it's about 65 miles, but we don't do that mileage shit here on Midwest murder because who, who measures like it, we'll it's, humor you with the it's, miles, right? It's four hours to Fargo. Like that's how it is. Right. I mean, it's, you know, it's three hours to Grand Forks. Eight hours to the cities. What? And, and what cities are we talking about? Minneapolis, St. Paul. Like, right? I mean, just people, it's just. It's yes, it and it is. And I want to take it a step further and why it's important to denote the hours when you're driving. Because when you're flying somewhere, so somewhere nobody says, oh, yeah, how many miles is your flight? No, it's how right. long right. is your flight. A flight every time. So it's how long is your drive? The mileage is absolutely irrelevant. Unless you're getting points or miles. You yeah, know, but, some points, some miles. I tell you, I, you know. You don't, I'm going to commend you. That was, I never very, thought about that until just now. I'm yeah. super impressed. So, that's really good. Really good. I'm glad we're here for that. Yeah. Now everyone else is like, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That, that's, that makes it's true. It's 45 minutes to, it's a 45 minute flight to Minneapolis. Nobody's ever like, yeah, my flight was 7,296 miles. Can you believe it? Never. No. It's just, the, it's, it's how many nice. hours was it done? Right. Really like that. That's I maybe it's been a really non-newsworthy day, but I feel like I feel like my mind's a little blown there. I'm like, wow, that's so true. We can put the mileage versus hours in a road trip argument to rest. We solved it. And I'm sure everybody is excited. Like, okay, move on. That's great. Yep, we got it. Uh Uh-huh. So Lynn and Whitney, also known as Charles Slaba, were married in 1984 after they moved from the Minneapolis suburbs to Awatana, which again is an hour from Minneapolis into a beautiful little farmhouse with a few animals and started the Awatana Lamp Company in 1983, which they had, they had started then and then they finally moved in 84. So they owned and operated the company together, which was incredibly successful for them. You know, everybody's, it's, it's the 80s. Interior decorating was a thing. And Lynn, who's 42, handled the day-to-day, day-to-day operations. Charles, who was 53, was mainly in charge of the outside sales. So he spent a fair, of time, fair amount of time on the road, you know, as a traveling salesman, right? You know, shaking hands, kissing babies, selling, selling things. Like selling people lamps to illuminate their paneling inside their house. Right, right. Or their amazing, what color? I'm trying to come up with a fun, funny color or like goose uh, wallpaper. Yeah, that stuff was a hit. In 1995, nearly 12 years after they opened the business, the office of the Awatana Lamp Company was hit by a fire due to some electrical problems. Thankfully, they were able to build and uh, rebuild, and and that didn't seem to hinder any of their success. They were still selling lamps. And in fact, they were just about to sell their business that same year, so in 1998, and they were just waiting for the deal to go through on July 1st. The day of June 9th, shortly before the sale, it uh, it seemed to have started just like, like any other day. Charles woke up around 5 a.m., got ready for the day, left his home with Lynn about 6.45, you know, on the road, dedicated, right? 
And when he left, left Len, Lynn was standing in the kitchen. He went to a Chamber of Commerce meeting. And when that was finished around 8.30 a.m., he called his office just to check in. And at that point, he was told by the staff that Lynn hadn't been to the office yet, which by all accounts seemed to be pretty out of character character for her since she was usually at the office by about 7 a.m. Yeah, hardworking, small sure, business yeah. owners. Yeah, they didn't have kids. You know, so very out, you know, not, not yeah. having kids, very out of right, place. Okay. Right, yeah. So at that time... Charles, you know, he's like, well, this is, this is pretty weird. And so he is still in the car and, you know, must've been a successful salesman with his mobile phone. In 98 for sure. Yeah. And so he, he raced home, drove home to see smoke coming from his house and Lynn's vehicle was still in the driveway. He said he tried to call 911, but for some reason he wasn't able to get the call to go through. And at that time, all 911 calls with cell phones, of course, being Somewhat new. All 911 calls from cell phones were answered by the Minnesota State Patrol. When his multiple calls wouldn't go through, he called his office to have them report the fire. So he called 911. It didn't work. So, which is weird. Call the office works. I'm going to call the office and that goes through, right? So, I don't know, shit happens, right? So at 848, the fire department received the call and reached the rural home at about 9.02 a.m., Charles, fearing his wife was still in the home, tried to get in two or three times, but couldn't because the heat and smoke were so thick. When investigators spoke with Charles, as you know, things are burning, they noticed that there were some scratches on his forehead, his chin, and jawline. He also had an abrasion on his forearm. So he claimed they were from the family cat or possibly from some tree branches while he mowed the lawn earlier in the week. So, Jonah, hmm. we've we talked about this a couple times. So Man. if and you know, we talk about murder a lot here. And if you, if you got a scratch, okay, so tomorrow you are in interrogated, right? And you've got a scratch on your hand. If I had to scratch my face, there's a good chance I'm going to know where that came from, right? But if I've got a scratch my hand and law enforcement says, hey, where did you get that? Would you be able to say where you got it from? Like in all certainty, it wasn't a deep gash, you know? I mean, obviously you're going to remember that. Would you be able to remember that? Most of the time, no. Heck, I could get a scratch on my hand from playing with my dog, from throwing my dog's ball and I'll hold it and I'll chase it around the floor and he'll kind of bat at it with his paws. I could, I've gotten scratched. But it wasn't really until I started doing this podcast that, that I started to like intensely note my scratches because <laughs> right, it's right. crazy how many people are asked about their scratches. And look, and also, if you don't... Where did I have lunch on Thursday? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to drop that on the calendar. This makes sense. Just calendar everything. And, 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 and these scratches. days know that your phone is tracking you. So that makes it exceptionally more difficult than his unreliable 1998 right. phone that couldn't dial 911 but could reach his office just fine but so if, so if somebody's giving, uh, you, giving you shit about being on your phone too much just say you're working on your alibi like no it's just I'm fine it's like, just making sure just making sure I'm hitting something it's fine it's fine I need a perpetual <laughs> alibi let me tell you where would you like me to sign would you like me to sign my release now so you can get my records it's fine let me tell you before you find this information out in the wrong instance it's important to know where your scratches come from it is. It's true. Maybe, or maybe true. I just talked about murder way too much, but <laughs> one or the other. So yeah, yeah. Hey, the cat or tree branches. Right. I feel I mean, like if, if you got like on your attacked by the cat like, though, yeah, well, maybe that's one that you'd remember. This, this came from my cat. I know that. This, I don't know. Probably my cat. I'd blame it on my, all on my cat. I mean, it's, I've got one up here. How'd you get that? I scratch my hand anytime I have to get something out of my garage. Okay. It's, it's a nightmare in there. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can, it's a, it's a, I don't know. Yeah. It must've come from maybe mowing the lawn. It maybe came from the cat. Who knows? Cats are assholes. And you know, it's likely always comes from them. 
but if on your forehead and your chin and your jawline, I feel like yes. you should know. Hands right? and arms different, body yeah. different, yeah. face. Yeah. I know where the hell I'm getting scratched on my face. Right. I'm looking in the mirror maybe too often because I'm like, no, I would know what is this. You know, I would I would know. But so he's you know he's he's kind of got a got an answer. But or maybe he or got the scratches trying to save his wife's life in the fire, trying to break the door down or whatever he was doing. Right. Well, I don't think he was, he was trying to, I think. You think I he think, was trying to I save her the, life, right? That's cop, why he would. I think the cops were like, stop. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, he, yeah. very light right. effort. You're thinking a yeah. very light effort. And I feel like, to, I feel like that would give him a little too much, oh. uh, a little too much, but and too much credit. So anyway, he's got those scratches. Not quite sure when investigators, uh, and so they're, they're working, they're doing what they need to do. And at this point, firefighters were finally able to get into the home and it was almost nine or 10 AM and they were able to get to Lynn. So an her hour, life, about, an about an hour after hour. arriving. Yep. Okay. So her lifeless, wet, naked body was found at the bottom of the basement stairs. Firefighters then told Charles that his wife of 14 years was dead. Mm. So Jonah, I, and I know we've, we've probably got a little extra banter in here than the normal, but I, I am curious. What's the first call that you would make if you were in that situation? If I were laying, not your wife, if I were laying on the bottom of the, of the, the steps. Well, nine one one's already there. That's your most obvious, but it's, it's somebody, it's family. It's, it's, it's immediately it's family is who you call or if, Hey, if you're happy about the situation, maybe your life insurance guy, I don't know. Well, but family first know, life insurance guy, second. Sure. And, and you know, I could even, I could even, I could even say, you know, call your insurance agent because your home, true. your home just burnt down. Yeah. Right. So like, Hey, they can't get to my wife. It's, it's still a, it's still a weird call. Having been in the insurance industry before, if I, if I got that call and you know, somebody's like, Hey, my house is on fire. I think my wife is dead, but we're not sure yet. Everything's fine. Like that would be, can we get this paperwork going? Like, you know what, buddy? I, I think I, I feel like you, you know, we can take care of this tomorrow. I'll, I'll, you know, like it's, you know, yeah. but I, so, but I'll give him a little bit of a pass, you know, so it's not a horrible choice. It's weird. Not a horrible choice. But then he called his banker who was his brother. So, okay, I'll give him that one too. And then he called a couple that he'd known for years through his business. And then of course, I mean, obviously the most likely call of all, uh, the prospective buyer of their business, the Awatana Lamp Company. Hey, my wife's on, my, oh gosh, I almost said my wife's on fire. I guess she, that I didn't mean to say I meant house. So he's more, can he we, was more like my wife, that one out? my <laughs> wife was on fire. They put her out. She's dead. Are you buying are you my still, business? Are you still, still? buying the business? Like <laughs> what? Like how, That's... I mean, dude, it, figure it out. <sighs> I mean, you know, like call, call. Her, your I want to be family. understanding here of somebody processing grief and right. you and, still and want life to go on and you were yeah. still interested in selling your business and you want to be like, Hey, don't let this sour the deal. I mean, at least wait until tomorrow. I mean, but you know, and, <laughs> yes, and, at least wait until tomorrow you know? I, or let your and, brother handle it. Maybe right. I guess you called your brother right. be like, all right, Hey right. bro, by the way, I was about to sell my business. Can you just call him for me and let him know to still buy my business? Even Can though you still buy my business that has nothing to do with this fire. My yes. wife's still steaming over there. Will they buy oh, my business? Jonah, that was, well, this guy's making the call. He's so I'm just, I'm, yeah. I can't help but put myself in his maniacal shoes and you know, that happened. Right. Well, and, and you know, when, when, when I start researching a case, you know, it's, you, you, you know, give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but this was one I was like, oh man, you really, really screwed the pooch on that one, buddy. Like, do people still say that? Is that, 
Is that okay? I I I have I have turned into my father. Like this is it. Let's let's all call him right now and let him know that I have now used it. If I say shit the bed, I'm gone. Like this is this is too much. Okay. I think the latter is a little bit more common these days than the former. That's fair. I yeah. Okay. And then after he called the prospective buyer, you know, he was who he was going to have lunch with at Perkins shortly after. So to use Jonah's words, while his wife was being tended to by, uh, you know, the coroner, he went to lunch at Perkins with his prospective buyer. What? Anyway. So yeah, he kept his business deal. Yeah. Well, you can't let them Perkins reservations go. Right. Enjoy the Wisconsin cheese, bud. Like it's, it's, (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. Um, so really, I mean, spoiler alert, anybody know, I mean, any idea like maybe who done it it's yeah. Or why he was under suspicion. So, on his way to lunch, then he called his employees to let them know that the person that they worked with every single day was dead. And then followed that up with a call to maybe someone who should be higher on his list next time. He called his wife's sister. So his deceased wife's sister. I th- People grieve differently, I guess. Yeah. He, she was like seventh down the line, but I legitimately thought that you were going to tell me after he called the staff to tell him his wife was dead, that he sent him pizza. That's what I was waiting I, for from this guy. I wouldn't be surprised. This this guy this this guy weirded me out. Your like, boss, totally. my wife is dead. By the way, five large pizzas are coming. Yeah, I, I ordered some pizza, guys. Hope everything's okay. You know, it's yeah. This this, this guy one, is this guy's a piece of work. He is already. I can't already. Even, I can't even like suspense this one. Like this is he he sucks at life and apparently starting fires. So that evening, while investigators and firefighters were still on the property, Charles came back home which was nice. I'm sure his lunch at Perkins ended by then. And, and uh, after visiting with them, he asked if he was able to burn some work items in a burn barrel on the property. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. Did you guys what? hear that back there? He asked if he was able to burn some work items on the property. Yeah, sure. Have a bonfire. I no. Yeah. Why, why didn't you just toss them into the house when it was burning guy, like some work items and, is it and, audacious and for, or stupid? I don't, I can't tell. No. And it, it, did he think that was going to be normal? And, and forgive me for, you know, forgive me for, for not moving on from this, but like, or trying to make an excuse for him. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to set other shit on fire, like, can't you do that tomorrow too? If it's work stuff and don't you think your prospective buyer should have it? But anyway, that's just, that's just me. So obviously they said no, they, they told him not to, which, you know, Good job, guys. So, but one has to wonder, like, what in the hell would be so important to burn just hours, hours after your house was on fire and hours after your wife was killed and said fire? The idea that you want to go start a fire after someone you love has burned to death just sent chills down my spine. Like, don't you think you'd be a little fired out at that point? Like, like this doesn't feel right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How about the shredder? I, I I would imagine you might be feeling a little extinguished. I think I'm more pissed that I didn't think of it first. But anyway, uh, investigators went to the burn barrel and under some ashes, they found Lynn's wallet. Mm. So interestingly enough, Charles told investigators that her wallet was typically left in the car. So he gave them a detail. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I know I keep my wallet in the burn barrel. You never know. You just never know. So I'm sure uh, at this point, I'm sure it's no surprise that investigators are getting a little suspicious. You know, I mean, you know, the guy isn't oozing innocence, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's no. weird. He's weird. So if you were, 
Okay, so let's go like kind of into the investigation because this is this is what the the you know at this point law enforcement and you know even the fire department are starting to try to piece things together, right? So if you were going to try and go into a fire to rescue your bride or really anyone for that matter, would your clothes smell like fire or you know even have some soot on them? I would think so. Yeah, right. Seems likely. Well, you think about every time you've had a bon- just hung out at a oh, bonfire for know, nine so seconds gross. and you got so a shower gross. when you get home because yeah. you smell like fire. Hey, solo stove. Can we, can we get a, can we get a sponsorship here? That's cause I hate that smell. Um, it's, it's very, very icky. Is that what it's called? Solo stove. I should probably ask what it, the name or have the name before I start jaw jacking. Anyway. So surprisingly enough, Charles clothes did not, they did not smell like fire and they did not have any soot on them. So if, yeah, I mean, dude, just shocker. Yeah. Be smarter and not, and don't kill your wife first, but also just be smarter. So one stain, uh, or excuse me. So they, they, they did notice some blood stains on Charles pants. And so, Hmm, that seems weird. Did they come from your cat scratches? Uh, but so they obviously took his clothing into evidence and one stain was his, his blood and the other was his wife's. Mm. So in addition to the blood evidence, they also collected a broken fingernail of Lynn's from the hot tub. And just saying it makes my skin crawl. Cause like I can actually, I, I, I could, yeah. Like picture it's like, Oh gosh, like coming off. Like, I mean, this woman, this poor, poor woman fought, you know, and, and, and then in the, in the hot tub, they also found um, some of Lynn's blood in the water and on the floor surrounding it. So uh, I want to, come back to something you mentioned earlier sure. real quickly that she was found and she was soaking wet. Now you, you might think at first that was she wet because they had to use fire hoses to put out the fire. That was my assumption. But upon hearing this, there's blood in the water. It sounds like she was possibly ambushed, maybe even drowned in that hot tub. And maybe that was why she was then wet. Clearly yeah. an evidence of a struggle, evidence that she defended herself. Right. I'm guessing it, it seems likely that Charles' scratches were from her. Well, defense, right? I mean, <sighs> or, you know, her, her, I mean, from in her defense, right? You know, so in, in trying to yeah, save herself. Putting together there, mm-hmm. there was an attack here. It, obviously. At yeah. this point, they know that something's not stirring the Kool-Aid. Like it's not. <laughs> what, what year is it? Like, just, why do I keep saying these things? Do people really? still drink Kool-Aid? I don't even know. Yeah. Like, seriously, like that is, I, that I, is, I did not write that down. That I just, can't, I can't get over not. that they found her wallet in the burn barrel and he's like, well, that's weird. She usually leaves it in the car. Again, it's, it's weird. What was that doing yeah. out there? Well, not even a week after the fire, state fire, state fire marshal Tom Brace confirmed that what, um, what we've all decided here and what many already believe to be true, that the fire was not accidental. Shocker, Right. So surprisingly, well, in the basement too. just, well, to go, and, and it's, just all, it's also it's weird. Just, it's just weird. Yeah. And so surprisingly, though, they also determined that the fire had been set between 630 and 645 a.m. It's like right when like, he goes to work ish, isn't it? Right. Yep. And using turpentine, which, of course, you know, is combustible. I say, which, of course, like I knew that. Of course, it's everybody flammable. knows like, that it's, it's flammable. Right? I had no idea. So, um, yeah. So the start time of the fire was estimated by an automatic timer in the family room. So in this, this came into play big because the turpins, which are in turpentine, weird, right? Were found from the kitchen area all the way to the basement stairs. And which again is where Lynn's body was found. So he's taking trail. turpentine. It's a, it is a trail. And even with the use of an accelerant and burning for as long as it did, the fire did not reach Lynn's body's body at all. And the walls and roof were still intact. So the walls and the roof of the home were still intact and 
the fire did not touch Lynn's poor body. Fire investigators determined that the fire was deprived of the oxygen, obviously needed to keep it going, which then killed the flames and made it more of a smolder and not the good smolder. So Lynn's autopsy showed that she was killed by crushing chest trauma, strangulation and or drowning. So basically asphyxiation. And according to court records, an exact time of death was not able to be established, but under her fingernails, including the broken one, DNA tests showed hers as well as another source. So all reports, including the autopsy, showed that Lynn was in a fight for her life just before she died. And, you know, you don't expect that, obviously, from Like, what do you husband. think? He, he calculatingly killed her over morning coffee and then just into the... Hey, let's go for a dip in the hot tub and then, you know, I... Mm. So after the fire, obviously the home was sealed. It was locked, boarded up, and the utilities for the home were disconnected because that's how not big of a deal this fire was. The utilities you know, could still be connected if they needed to. So the utilities for the home were disconnected with the exception of a temporary electrical panel that serviced a pressure tank in the basement that uh, Charles used to start an electric water pump from a nearby well. Because remember, they had those little animals, right? So they, they continued on with that. You know, somebody's got to take care of those those little guys. And on July 8th at about 6 a.m., just under a month from the fire that killed Lynn, Charles went to his home to feed and water the animals that remained on the property. While Charles was in the home, it exploded. <laughs> of course it did. Just, <laughs> of course it did. That was, it was, that was a, using that was a reaction. The, dyna, the dynamite in his pocket fell out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so he said he had walked in through an open door. And the house exploded just like that. So, with any other person, that just seems so natural with him right, to right. this point. And of course, yeah. his, his house exploded. So when firefighters arrived, a very dazed Charles was standing in the driveway. And he suffered second degree burns on 30% of his body, mainly on his, on his torso, on his upper body. Oh. So, I mean, I have, I, have a, I have a question here. So what are the, what are the chances... Of, I feel like I have a better shot at winning the lottery that I don't even play than his chances of having two fires, two very bad fires in the span of a month. And that was after his, his business burned down 10 years earlier. Well, this, this feels... Like that guy's unlucky. This isn't just a... This is a fire and an explosion. Let's be real here. Yeah. I, like, what, what are the chances of it. one explosion in one month or in a lifetime, right. let alone eh, fire, explosion... This this guy is a piece of work. So throughout, I, uh, but it sounds like he he should have watched a better YouTube video for his explosive yeah. device there. Yahoo didn't have it on there yet. Oh, there was there wasn't even. That's why. That's why. Yahoo. Yeah. yeah, it's Yahoo's fault. So throughout the investigation, authorities were oddly not able to pin down a motive. So robbery was ruled out, even though Charles was a suspect because a large amount of cash was still in the home. So unless he thought, oh, well, that'll get him. I mean, who knows? Their insurance policies weren't excessive in any way. And according to court records, they they hadn't been purchased recently. So, I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy had, you know, bought it six days earlier. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting to be like, yeah. Right, right. Two million dollar insurance policy. Not, no. Okay. Yeah. Large amount of cash still there. So, and then authorities also uncovered a couple of extramarital affairs, but there was conflicting evidence as to whether or not Charles knew about them. So, uh, of her So, they uncovered affairs. her? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And as, as far as their marriage goes, it seemed like it was more of a business relationship than an intimate one. Fair enough. You know, right? And, you know, what happens, you know, that's, that's, that's between them, right? That's their marriage. And however, I mean, but with the pending sale of the business and the life insurance on Lynn, he would have been given approximately $1.2 million. 
That's a chunk. It's a chunk. And it's 98. We're talking, and I hate to say it, 25 years ago. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a chunk of change. So in September of 1998, they have realized that Charles Slaba is really, really bad at this. And he was arrested for the murder of his wife, Lynn, as well as two counts of arson, one for the initial fire as he tried to cover up the murder and then the explosion. The 1995 fire of their business, well, guess what? That's now under question as well. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, do you think so? His trial began in April of 2000. And on the stand, he said, quote, I miss her every day. I miss her every hour. I loved my wife very much. Prosecutor said Charles killed his wife to become a millionaire. His defense said he was nothing more than a victim of circumstantial evidence. And I feel like this guy was, again, kind of shitty at starting fires. Like, dude, figure it out. Really right? bad at fires. Yeah, really, really bad at it. So on the afternoon of Wednesday, May 3rd, 2000. I mean, so bad at fires, he didn't even smell like one after making it. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Actually, like, that's. You can't get much worse. You are absolutely. And then, you're blowing my mind today, today, actually. I don't know why. Again, it must have been a slow news day. But, and then like, t- time two, you bomb yourself in the process. So. He's right. Bad. And so, so there was an, actually, let's, let's put a pin in, in the, in the court for a minute, because there were, there was speculation, I guess I should say that that was his suicide attempt, which I mean, probably mm. doesn't sound, I mean, if you're willing to, if you're willing to permanently scar part of your body just to prove that you didn't kill your wife, well, A, do a better job at it. And I mean, I got to feel like there's some other way, you know, or like just maybe get a divorce. It's okay. Just divorce her. You don't have to kill her. It's, um, divorce is so much cheaper and easier than murder. I, I, I will, I will, I will never, ever understand this. I, I will. You, you gotta, you, you gotta kill your spouse. Like divorce is, I mean, what's worse, you know, trying to defend yourself on the stand saying, nope, nope, didn't do that or whatever. Just take part of my like, retirement. Well, like what, I mean, what, like what is, ugh, uh, you know what it is? It. I don't get it. It's the paperwork of divorce. Like rather, I just, you know what? Eh, I don't want the paperwork. I'm just going to kill my spouse. Yeah. So Hi, hire an assistant then or something. <laughs> I mean, like, just, there, so, there are ways. Yeah. There, I feel like there's still a, a, a different, a different way, but so it sounds like again, you know, cause putting Monday morning quarterbacking this, right. Which I mean, you could have done that on, you know, the Monday after his explosion. What? Like, how does that even work? Like you, you are, you've, you've set this place on fire. Right. And, all of this stuff. So you failed at it. You were horrible at it clearly. And because now they're, they're, you're arrested, you're, you know, are going to be arrested. You know it, you feel it coming. And at that point, then you blow yourself up. If it was a suicide attempt, I feel like there would be a different way to, I mean, wow, dude. I mean, it, it's, it, 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 the whole thing is just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. This guy is just a moron. Anyway, let's get back to court because I'm going to keep talking. On the afternoon of Wednesday, May 3rd, 2000, the jury began deliberations. So they, they have, it's, it lasted about two weeks and it was kind of a gong show, but by 10, 15 that evening. So as much as it was a gong show, it only took, you know, what, six hours, hours, six hours. The, the jury, jury came back with their verdicts. He was guilty on two counts of second degree murder and two counts, uh, pardon me, one count of second degree murder and two counts of arson. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison, which you guys, again, this was 25 years ago. So this is, this is close. He said, quote, Witt removed, or pardon me, at his sentencing, Lynn's father, Kenneth spoke to the judge. And as he asked for a hard sentence, he said, quote, Witt removed every trace of my daughter's existence. He destroyed everything that represented Lynn and her family. There was nothing left. 
not a shirt to hold and smell when I want to feel close to her. Like think about that for a second. Not only did, not only did he so take, to, take his wife from her family, but then he destroyed like all her stuff. Everything. Oh, yeah. that is a bone chilling and disgusting detail. Yeah. And that guy is awful. Well, it, 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 I mean, it really, it puts that into perspective. You no know, keepsake I mean, to have nothing. of that family member. Nothing. Nothing. So Charles said at the sentencing, quote, I did not kill my wife. I did not blow up my house. We had a positive, good marriage. Different and unusual, but a good marriage. Okay. Okay. I mean, simple as that. Like, oh, okay. I mean. And I don't have an explanation as to why my face is scratched. I don't smell like fire. All this weird shit happened in my house. Now I'll, I'll drop this. These scratches, Charles claimed, you know, that the scratches came from either the family cat or, you know, possibly tree branches. Again, we've all lost a fight with the tree branch before. Absolutely. Absolutely. According to court documents, quote, the scratches were consistent with that of a human fingernail. Done. So there it is. I mean, so, you know, and and the the DNA, you know, on, on Slava's pants, he claimed his his claim was that it could have been there for months. All right. That's that's fair. Wash your clothes more. And also. It could have been there for months. I mean, his, his, they lived together. Who knows? Sure. However, testing of course showed that it was not an old stain, but somewhat fresh. So like that morning fresh. So do you, so do you think that the, do you think that there was enough evidence or do you think that that, that, that pile of evidence is, is sufficient? I mean, yeah, it's circumstantial. Circumstantial. It's not that circumstantial. Well, compared to some of the cases we've been through. I mean, they didn't find him with a turpentine, you know, bottle in his hand. Right. It, it does not feel yeah. overly circumstantial to me. There's more than enough evidence, especially given the DNA, the ambush scene, the, the just all of the strangeness to it, his, be, his behavior. Somebody acting strange in the wake of a murder is not evidence of their guilt. No, but it, oh, it's still, gosh, it, absolutely it's not. It still yeah. is part of the story, and it still is, is a telling aspect of what your actions are when somebody close to you has been murdered, that will be analyzed. And, and so none of that, none of that favors him. He looks entirely guilty. And what's weird to me is this, this was clearly calculated to some degree. He didn't wake up that morning and decide, you know what, I'm going to kill my wife today. I know I don't know that for sure, but there's nothing about this that feels like it was spontaneous. Like, it was a, like a heat of the moment. Thing. It was not a spontaneous yeah. murder. That, that much feels pretty clear. How I, I would wonder how long was he planning it? Was it when the business deal started coming up? Was he sick of her for years? Were her potential affairs really actually bothering him? And it wasn't as yeah, bi- like, it wasn't like, business as usual as the world saw their relationship. You well, you, yeah. you don't know, but cl- clearly there were a number of things that pushed him to this this sort of psychotic break and boiling point. Right, but, uh, but I think you said it right there. It definitely doesn't seem like it was a you know like a, a fight gone poorly, right? No. You know, a, a crime of passion, if you will. They were not arguing over morning coffee and he decided I'm going to kill her. Or maybe, maybe he did, maybe it, he it, did. but it's, yeah, it seems but, a little, it seems planned, but poorly. It right. seems slightly calculated, but right. from somebody who is not, not in a position to do it effectively. Well, clearly because he did Because we're here. He, and he, yeah. yeah. Well, our, so the timeline and that information came from historicnewspapers.com. And then the rest of the information came from the Star Tribune, about an hour from Awatana and uh, in Minneapolis. And then, uh, the, of course, the, the big chunk is, is court documents. 
So check out our merch store. You can find the link on any of our social media or of course at tpublic.com slash store slash Midwest murder. And then of, of course we ask you again to be sure to subscribe rate review on whichever platform you find Midwest murder. A, a big thank you to, to everyone who has, it does, it does amazing things for us. Midwest murder is hosted by Jonah Lanto, this guy to my right and myself, Don Palumbo and produced by the good talk network. This episode was written by myself. Yeah. Thanks for listening and for your support. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. And if you don't have time to review, maybe you got time to tell a friend and that really helps us go a long way too. So thanks again and thanks to our live audience tonight again and thanks to Women Connect for having us. 